You know what I love? Whoopie pies. In, in my entire life, I've only had one bad whoopie pie, and it was this past summer, and I had, was speaking at an event in, uh, a few hours away in Maine, and uh, so we were at this gas station, we bought this whoopie pie, and it was terrible. Not even my kids would finish it, and so just halfway through, we just wrapped it back up in the saran wrap and left it on the floor of my truck for the next week. <laughs> Wherever I go, and it's kind of uh, a hobby of mine. Uh, is um, wherever I go, wherever I'm traveling, uh, if I'm at a grocery store or a gas station, if I see a brand of whoopie pie I've never had before, I buy it. And, you know, one of my callings, so I'm a pastor in this, but probably like my secondary calling is, is whoopie pie research. I consider myself like the world's foremost renowned in, uh, expert in whoopie pies, honestly, because I've never heard anybody else try to ascribe it to themselves, so here. And, uh, and so I've been searching for the most perfect whoopie pie. And I've got good news for you. I found it. I found it. I actually have one right here. You'll never guess where I got it from. I mean, I probably I could have you guys guess all day. We could spend hours. I don't think you'll ever, ever guess where I got it from. Uh, you, can, you can buy these at Martin's, the salvage store at uh, the main salvage store that's littered throughout 95 all the way through Maine. So I was, uh, I was speaking at a different event, and I had some time to kill, walked into Martin's, they had one, I sat in my truck and ate it, I'm like, oh my word, could it be? And so when I came back, I drove to Sanford and bought another one, and I confirmed it, it's true. This is the most perfect whoopie pie that I've ever found. And what makes it like even more amazing is the price point. So you can go to Martin's, you can buy this for $1. It is absolutely amazing. Now, if you'll humor me for a little bit, let me just uh, share some of, my, some, of my, uh, some of my wisdom or some of my scale on whoopie pies because, uh, because there's a bunch of different categories. So there's taste. And it's the taste of the cream and the taste of the cake. So you may find a whoopie pie that tastes better, but it's going to then fail in some of these other categories. There's the texture. So the texture of the cream is very important. I don't like a heavy, like, frosting. Um, uh, you know, it should be whipped. There's the density of the cake. You don't want it like you're eating a bagel. Uh, there's the durability. You don't want the cream dripping out, you know, on you. And you don't want it all crumbling and getting crumbs all over your shirt right before you walk into a meeting. Maybe that's just me. And then, then there's the last thing. Like, this is where most whoopie pies get hung up and where they fall apart. Uh, it is the stickiness to your finger. So traditionally, you eat a whoopie pie and it's stuck on your finger. And then, like, you're, you're, you can't get it off. You're rubbing it on the back of your kid's shirt. You're using harsh chemicals. You're going to the basement and getting, like, the, the stone grinder and, like, holding your finger up to it. Like, trying to get that stuff off. And this does not do that. And, uh, and so in just uh, overall categories, this is the most perfect one I've ever had. Now, people will come and they'll suggest uh, different whoopie pies. And certainly, if you want to make some or buy me some, like, I'm happy to, to add yours into consideration. Because at a mi- at like minimum, uh, so three things could happen. Either uh, yours, it's just a good whoopie pie and I got it for free. 
uh, it could be the worst whoopie pie I've ever had, and so I have a new story. Um, or you may bring me the most perfect whoopie pie, and I can shove that to the floor and start telling everybody about your whoopie pie. Now, I've had wicked, wicked, wicked whoopie pies, uh, Steve's snacks. Um, uh, so those are some of the name brands that are, that are around. Also, the different shops. So uh, Dustin's Bakery, and turns out this morning in first service, one of the family members from Dustin's Bakery was in the room. So uh, I sent him home. Uh, anyway, so, and, and so Dustin's, Harvey's Bakery, Fogarty's, I, I've had them all. And this right here is the closest to perfect I've ever found. So I thought I should give you all some. So the ushers are going to come in right now, and we've got some whoopie pies for everybody. So we are actually going to give you two. So you're going to take one for yourself, and the other one we're going to give you to give to a friend. And uh, so they're going to start handing those out. You are, feel free to eat one now. Uh, Just be polite with your wrapper. I don't want to have to listen to crinkling the whole service. This is not teeny tights. If you have a, a dietary issue, still take two. You can give them both away. These are fresh this week, so we went right to the bakery and put in an order. So these were made this week. We didn't get them from Martin's. And, uh, and uh, just in a, I, I don't know, in like a miracle, I haven't eaten one today. So that, that's a testimony. All right, so one is for you, one is for a friend, and we'll explain that more at the end. You know, when we love something... We tell other people about it. This is true in kind of all kinds of different areas. You got uh, a favorite restaurant, you tell other people about it. And, um, you know, uh, if you got a favorite band back in the olden days when people had CDs or cassettes, you would give that CD to a friend and you'd be like, check out this band. And you'd kind of wait in anticipation as they listened to it and you'd watch them, hoping that they'll love the band as much as you do. We recommend books, movies. Recipes, even schools, people talking about their college or where their kids go to school. And then, and I've been seeing this a lot on Facebook lately, like people excited and sharing about their shampoo. And so everybody's like bragging about their shampoo, it's all over the place. And it's the same with cars, there's Ford guys and Chevy guys and Mopar guys and Toyota guys, and they're all like their brand is the best. Even breeds of dogs. So you see people with bumper stickers, I love my doodle, or or, or I love my Pomeranian, and I even saw a t-shirt one time, it said, Proud Palm Mom, which I assume means a Pomeranian mom. I think that's a little too far, but, but you get it, like people are excited, when they're excited about something, they want to share it. And it's not just like talking about it, because we know, it, it's not just that, it's not just you're trying to share information, but you're hoping to influence other people to like these things as much as you do. And I'm hoping this morning to use my influence to introduce you to great whoopie pies. And um, just, just a little bit of a side note, those of us who've grown up in the Northeast, we're a little bit spoiled because in most parts of the country and the world, they don't know what whoopie pies are. So I've been with middle-aged men as they had their first whoopie pie in their entire life. It's just a sad way to live. But at Restoration Church... We, and it's our desire, and it's our mission, and it's our hope to influence people to love Jesus. 
not just to hear about him, not just to show up and listen to me talk, but that people will experience Jesus and experience the love of Jesus for themselves. This is, this is what we hope to do. You know, I was talking with someone recently, and they were sharing their testimony with me, and they told me, this was the moment when I felt God's love for myself. I had never felt it before. I didn't know he knew me. I didn't know he loved me. And I got what they were talking about because I remember that moment when it happened to me when I was 14 years old. And we don't want people just to show up at church. We don't want people to be religious. We want people to experience that love for Jesus and experience Jesus' love for them. And so that's why we do everything we do here. And if you're here this morning and you're a guest and, uh, and maybe you've never been to church before, just, I, I want you to hear about Jesus even as we, as we talk through this morning on Vision Sunday about some of the history of our church and what God has done and, and what God is calling us to do. Listen and, and, and consider Jesus and today could be the day that changes your life. Today could be the day you experience him, his love for yourself. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or where you came from. He knows who you are, he knows where you are, and he loves you very, very much. So you, if you've never been to church before, you may ask, what is there to love about Jesus? Like, what's the big deal? Why do so many people come? Why do people raise their hands? Why do you sing about him? Why do you sing to him? Here's the thing. Jesus still forgives. He still heals people. He still transforms lives. He still restores families and marriages. And he still does all of those things. So when we show up and we talk about him every week, we're not talking about, well, we, we, we're not just talking about things that happened 2,000 years ago, but we're, we're experiencing him every day, every week, and we're talking about those testimonies and, and the things that he's done in our life and still doing in our lives and the things that he, we know he will do one day. He is, he is amazing. And if you think about this, those of us who are following him and know him, we've been given a great privilege to be able to tell his story and to be able to tell other people about him and to be able to influence other people to, that they would, from our life, consider him and begin to ask questions about him and begin to pursue him. Just think about like in any other, uh, any other area of your life, you know, the... The CEO of a company is not giving you the privilege of, of in, like, being the spokesperson for their product. So it's not like you take out your iPhone and, and you're like, you, they have you film a commercial and you're like, uh, I can't ever figure out how to turn it on. And, I, you know, I, I, someone's calling me. I can't answer it. It takes really good pictures, but I have to have my grandchildren show me how to do it. And anyways, it's, you should get one too. Like, they're not going to, they don't want you trying to, telling everybody like how complicated it is for you. Maybe Android would want you to, but, but uh, you know, iPhone's not going to want you to do that. But yet God, in his great story, he gives us, every single one of us, the privilege of sharing that. He doesn't tell any of us like, eh, no, not you. Like, uh, you just be quiet. It would be easier for all of us. He gives us all that great privilege. And the greatest moment of your life other than the time when you experience God's love for yourself, will be the moments when you see people that you've been praying for, people that you've been talking about Jesus with, when they experience God's love for the first time themselves. And the moments when they decide to follow Jesus. 
those are absolute, the, the most unbelievable moments of your life. And, you know, sometimes people with tears in their eyes thank you for inviting them to church and bringing them to church. They thank you for not giving up on inviting them all these years because, because they've, they've experienced Jesus and the love of Jesus and they've, and they've been changed by him. So we have that amazing opportunity to be a part of that. This morning I'm going to read uh, two verses, one near the beginning of the message, one near the end. And, um, and so I'm, we're going to put this up on the screen, but it's Romans chapter 10, and we'll start reading at verse number 14. It says, how can they call on him? How can they call on Jesus? How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? So you can't really, you can't call on Jesus to, to save you unless you believe in him, because you've got to have some belief in order to be able to call on him. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? There's this, this, this reality that we have to understand as people who have had our lives changed by Jesus and who've made the decision to follow him. Others will not hear about him unless we tell them. So not only is it a great privilege, but it's this, the, this responsibility. Think about how great he has been to you. And other people won't have the opportunity to experience that unless we tell them. Well, so we love Jesus, we love our church, and you think, well, what is there to love about Restoration Church? What's the big deal? Why are, why are people coming? Why, you know, why does, would any teenager or young person ever want to go to church? So let's just kind of give a background, you know, um, Every year at our church, we have a word that's our theme and our direction for the year. And honestly, it started by accident when I became lead pastor, but it's happened every year since. And so now it's something we look for and something we pray for. But in January of 2012, it was the first, um, uh, the first year uh, or my first January as lead pastor. And uh, I just felt that, you know, uh, we did our first sermon series in January. It was called Foundation, and just felt like this sermon series is going to lay a foundation for what God wants to do in our in our future. So that became our word, and it's amazing that the sermon notes from that series you'll find that in everything. Um, and and we, uh, you know, we the things that we talked about from the stage that week honestly intimidate, scared out of my mind because there were a lot of people who didn't who who. Who didn't like that at the time? Um, we just we just said like this is what we feel God's going to do this year because this is where He wants to bring us in the future. And those things, many of those things, have happened, and I, we can see like it's beginning to happen. So that was for 2012, and last year that word was grow. So on Vision Sunday last year, we we had done a series on grow, and we talked about like this is God's theme and direction for us this year. And I said this. From this stage one year ago, this is the year we decide as a church to grow or to die. Because the foundation now had been set and God was calling us now to, to accomplish the things that he called us to or we were just going to be comfortable. And it was amazing what happened as we chose 
to grow. Let's talk about some of those things. If you remember one year ago today, we were one service here in Dover. We grew to two services. This is the hardest move for a church to make within its own culture. Because in one service, everybody sees each other, everybody's friends with each other. Um, and, but to move to two services, now there will be people you know, that you'll never see ever again. And you become two congregations within one building. And so a lot of churches like, struggle with this and wrestle with this. And a lot of churches never make that step because they don't want to miss their friends. Those who uh, coach pastors in, in planning churches, and they, they recommend, a lot of them recommend, start with two services from the very beginning so you never have to cross this hurdle because it is the hardest one for a church to make. But we did it. We did it. And uh, we were one service one week, two services the next week, and it was amazing when that day was done. The staff, as we, uh, staff and I, as we talked, it was as if we had always been two services. There was no complaining. There was no murmuring. Just we made the decision. God's called us to this, and we are going to go for it. And, and it's been awesome. We, this year, grew to two locations. And last summer, in July of, or I guess in August of 2017, 40 people in Plymouth, New Hampshire, made the hard decision, a hard decision, to merge their church in to ours. They gave up titles. Some gave up paychecks. They gave up ministries, their comfort, and their church to join with us in our mission to reach just one more. And that was amazing that they did that. And what happened as a result is their, their attendance at the church tripled. So the average weekly attendance since we launched in November has been 129 people every week. And the people who, who are part of that church for a long time, they are, you'll see them posting on Facebook if you pay attention, like, Today's service was amazing. I, I'm so excited to go to church. I've never, been, I've never been excited to go to the church like this. I've never seen anything like this before. And these are things they're posting on Facebook. And there was a small group of people in a very large building who had lost hope. And they, wanted, they, they knew God could do something and they were praying for it, but they just couldn't figure out how it could be done. And they, when they voted to merge in with us now, they're beginning to see these things happen. We have about 10 Plymouth State University students attending um, uh, every week there, uh, which is something they've been praying for but had not seen in uh, probably a few decades. Uh, we have a couple of professors from Plymouth State attending. Um, one cool student, one, one cool story. Uh, Tuesday night I was here for Unite night at U-Turn, so we had our teenagers from our three locations here in Dover. And so... One of the leaders who is bringing down teenagers from Plymouth. He's a senior in Plymouth State University. He just recently auditioned for the band. Today might be the first day he's actually playing with the band in Plymouth. Well, he actually, as a teenager, came to U-Turn uh, a couple times for one summer. He came with some friends and when I was still youth pastor. And so here he is now, connected to our church. He couldn't, he was, he, when I said Tuesday night, I saw him Tuesday night, he said, I've been praying for 
God to do something in the community here, because now he's a senior at Plymouth State, and then I saw your sign, and it was such an answer to prayer, and I looked up, and it was you guys, and I can't believe it. He graduated high school with, uh, with some of the people here at our church, and just absolutely amazing. So we grew to two services, we grew to two locations. Then we had one family in Hudson, New Hampshire this summer who said, we want to help you start a restoration church in our community. So we grew a circle in Hudson, New Hampshire, and Michelle and I led that last fall. And that circle grew into a weekly informational meeting that's happening every Sunday night at 5 p.m. at the London Dairy Middle School. One family grew into five families, and, and it could be 10 families right now. We're not sure because we had four different family groups, uh, new family groups, go to uh, London Dairy last Sunday night. It looks like they're all going to be connected, but we, I don't think we've gotten the official yes from them, but some gave on their first night last week, and, um, and so just, it's just growing. So uh, we're growing the launch team, and then we'll officially launch in that community uh, as Restoration Church sometime between now and when we do it. <laughs> then as a church, as Restoration Church as a whole, we grew to more than 200 people, 200 more people every week from just one year ago. At the beginning of 2017, our attendance average was 190 people a week. Um, at the end of, by the end of 2017, the attendance average was 297 people a week. And so far, for the first four weeks of the year, our attendance average has been 420 people a week. We had 18, here's why this is important, all right, because we, people aren't just showing up at church, but we had 18 water baptisms last year, and we had nine water baptisms last week, so it's 50% of last year's mark. And people aren't just showing up because they heard we give out free whoopie pies, they're showing up because the Bible says, lift the name of Jesus up and all men will be drawn unto him. And so we've seen people who have no faith, no church background, no faith background, come to church and begin to give their life and give their life to Jesus and begin to grow in a new faith. We've seen that a lot this last year. We've seen in, in this last year and uh, in, in the last in a few recent weeks people uh, from Jewish faith, people who are atheists, people who are Catholics, some are Christian, some aren't. We've seen agnostics, Buddhists, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, even self self-proclaimed witches come to church, be interested in Jesus, ask questions about Jesus, continue coming back, and we've begun to see some even give their life to Jesus. It's amazing. And that's why the numbers are important to us, because it's showing us that, that you know, people aren't just showing up, but people are meeting Jesus, which is why we do what we do, and it is what we're called to do. Our giving even grew. In Dover, just, so just looking at Dover, uh, the Dover tithes, that's not including missions giving or benevolence or building giving, just tithe grew by 20% last year. I've never seen anything like that in all of my years here at this church. Our leadership team also grew. As a staff, for our, on our staff, we hired a Andrew uh, as family ministries pastor, and he moved into the area last April. Chris, Pastor Chris, we moved him to full-time. He uh, became the location pastor in Plymouth. 
We also acquired Karen Hirschberger through the Plymouth merger. She was a staff member there before. She's remained a staff member, and she's going to serve as our finance manager going forward. Um, Jeremy, who was leading worship on that microphone this morning, he's our launch leader for Londonderry and is doing everything he's doing there, but, but adding that to his portfolio, it's, he's leading, uh, leading that every week. It's been absolutely amazing to see the team grow, grow as leaders, grow as ministers, and, and it's amazing. We've also grown in our coordinators. Coordinators leave a, lead a ministry over all of our locations. We've grown the number of captains we have. Those are location-specific. Uh, they lead uh, in a, a specific location, and then just a number of leaders over all in every department. One of the areas that you read about in your email yesterday, if you check your email or if you're signed up on our weekly uh, e-letter, uh, we now have three kids captains, so three leaders over each location. And so the first of those is Bethany Reardon. She's been leading in Plymouth since the last fall. Bethany was a kid in our church, and now she's, she's a uh, a student at University of New Hampshire, and she lives in this area, so she left, she left at 5.30 this morning to go up there to lead the location today. Barry Booth, uh, who's a North Point student, he graduates in May. He's been in our church the last four years. He's done two summer internships for us. He's going to be the Londonderry Kids Captain, so he's going to be leading that. So after he graduates, he'll be getting a job and an apartment and moving into that area to help build that location and then you may not have had the chance to meet him because he's relatively new to our church, but Jonah McPherson, who's again a North Point student, he's a junior, uh, he's been at our church since, September, since August, he's going to be the captain here in Dover. And so you get a chance to meet him and introduce yourself to him. His father is a pastor in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and he's just a great, just a great godly guy. And Michelle, who's been serving as kids captain here, she'll be the kids coordinator over all three locations. It's amazing how God's putting people in place and drawing people to this place because, again, he's setting things up and, and uh, establishing things because of the work that he's called us to. We grew the number of circles we have. Circles are our small groups that meet in homes. So this semester, we have 22 circles meeting all over New Hampshire and even Maine. And when you walk out of here today, you can sign up for a circle because that semester is about to start. And then lastly, we grew the number of volunteers. Last year I said if we're going to grow, if we're going to move to two services, we have to increase the number of volunteers. So one year ago we had 120 people serving in some capacity here at our church. But as of you know, before service started, Early this morning, we have 187 people serving in our church. And if you've ever been a part of a church where it seems like no one jumps in and no one helps, you know absolutely how amazing that is. That we embrace our core value together and we're all after the same thing to reach just one more. I love our church. And, you know... If I wasn't a staff member here, I would attend here. I love our church. And, um, you know, we're not perfect, and you know that. 
you, you, you know, you got some things that you, you, that you know we're not perfect at, but you'll never find a perfect church. You never will. Not on this side of eternity. But Jesus is moving in this place, and we are going after what he calls us to do. I love, I love our church, and I love the, some of the testimonies that I just shared with you. So last year, that word was grow, and this year, the word for our church is influence. This is an opportunity to be used by God to show others how great he is and to show others how much he cares. We believe that God will be, in, will be increasing our church's influence in our communities and in our fellowship of churches that we belong to. We're going to do a sermon series on influence the next few weeks, but I just want to highlight it a little bit just to help you to understand and to kind of speak into what we think God is doing. The first is influence our communities. We're believing that this year many of you are going to become leaders in the community and in the state. You will join city councils, you become PTA presidents, you'll join school boards, you'll become leaders in the community, you'll lead nonprofits. We know some of you already are, but throughout Throughout our church, you begin to find yourselves in places that probably you're not even qualified to do, or qualified to be, but, but in becoming influencers over um, in, in, our, in our city, in our culture. Some of you, in the workplace, you become managers and presidents and, uh, and even CEOs of businesses where you never considered that a possibility before because we just believe that... God is going to place you in those positions to, to, give, to, to give you the opportunity to show what godly leadership is, your humility and a kindness and a gentleness and a faith that, uh, that is just counter-cultural to where we are now. To some of you, this is like you are lit up right now because you've been feeling like you need to run for for this thing in our community. Now this is confirming that. And I'm just telling you, you feel any inclination to put your name in, to be voted on, put your name in. Put your resume in for that position and let God give you favor and let God put you in those positions to lead people and to love people and to help people. We also believe that God is going to allow our church to influence other churches. Um, for the first time, really, but yet for the first time, we uh, churches have been contacting us to ask to learn from us about what God is doing here. In the last three weeks, just in the last three weeks, we've had churches in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Massachusetts contact us and ask to learn from us. Can we sit in a staff meeting? Can we come to your building? Um, can you come to our church and look at our facilities and talk us through things and help us? And so that's never, that's, that hasn't happened with us before. And we're involved in our, the fellowship of churches, and I uh, serve in some positions there uh, for our district, but this is beyond that. And, and God is calling us as a church to something bigger than that. 
then most importantly, and what will always be our top priority, we will influence people to Jesus. This is why we exist. This is what we must always be about and what we must always do. I want to read verse 15 of Romans chapter 10. It says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And so just remember verse 14, it says, how, how can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear unless someone goes to them? And how can someone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. How will anyone go and tell them if they're not sent? So we, right now, I, I right now am sending you. And the good news is I'm not sending you empty-handed. I'm sending you with a whoopie pie. I want you, as a point of application this week, is to take this whoopie pie and give it to someone this week. Not to a stranger, and not to someone who goes to another church, all right? So this is not you, go give it to someone who goes to another church, and that's your easy way of doing this, because that's not what we're about. They're part of another church. I want you to begin to think right now, maybe you already know who it is, but a coworker or a friend or a family member who's not connected in church Maybe it could be an, another parent in your, in your homeschool group. It could be someone in your racquetball club. You just think through someone you're going to give this to. And what we want you to do this week, tomorrow morning, try to do it first thing so you don't forget. Do it before the thing gets stale, um, you know, while it's still fresh. We want you to go to that coworker, walk up to their cubicle first thing. And it's not a stranger, so it's somebody you already know. And I want you to say, hey, our pastor at our church gave us all whoopie pies and told us to give them to someone we work with. He says they're the most per perfect whoopie pie he's ever found. And then give them the whoopie pie. They might stare at you strangely and go, thanks. And then that will be the end of it. And that's the end of it. Just give them the whoopie pie. They may at that point say, what church do you go to? And then your response is simple. I go to Restoration Church in Dover or Londonderry or Plymouth. I go to Restoration Church in Dover, and I love it. It's great. And that's it. That's all you're going to say. If they want to ask you more questions after that, like answer their questions, but they might want, not want to. You just say thank you and get to work. Man, you're on the company dime. Knock it off. And, and so you just leave it at that. What may happen, so what you're doing is you're influencing them, not just to a great whoopie pie, but you're influencing them to consider church. They probably never considered church before. When they find out that a church is handing out whoopie pies, that changes just anything they thought about church before. If they grew up in a real, like, liturgical, serious church, they're not going to understand why this would happen. And so they may come back to you later and say, what church did you say you go to? Where is it? And what time is it? And they may, they may come back. They could be three years from now, they'll come to you and, and they'll say, hey, do you still go to that? Remember that whoopie pie church? You still go there? Yeah. Will you pray for me? And so their agenda is just to give them a gift. But that gift could be something that opens their heart because as they sit there at their cubicle and they, they take a bite of this and they hear choir of angels singing, <laughs> they're going to begin to think, like, they like their church? The church gives out whoopie pies? And the conversation will immediately turn into a prayer. God, are you real? Do people still actually believe in you? And to begin to consider Jesus in a way that they weren't planning on this morning.
So that's what we want you to do this week. To someone you know who doesn't go to church anywhere and, and to take that step of faith. And I know for some of you it's absolutely terrifying to invite someone to church. And so you're not even inviting them. You're giving them a whoopie pie. And, tell, and then if they ask, you tell them where you go. And that's it. So if you will make that commitment to do that, to influence, you'll make that commitment to give out this whoopie pie. We're going to pray together, and uh, then we're going to sing together. But if you'll make that commitment, I want you to stand right now, and I want you to hold that whoopie pie, and we're going to, be able to, we're going to begin to pray right now. And Jesus, we see this whoopie pie as a tool, and I just pray, God, that you just guide our steps and direct us. We, we you know right now we're not sure who to give it to. I pray you drop someone into our heart and our mind as we're driving home today, even right now as we pray. God, if we're still not sure and we show up at work tomorrow, we will listen intently. God, show me. Who do they give this to? And you connect it to the right people in the right places at the right time. People who have been questioning you. People who have been hurting. People who need hope. God, this is whoopie pie would find themselves in those places, in those people. And God, you just begin, and every single person here, God, would be anointed by you. And if the conversation goes further, they wouldn't be afraid of it. They wouldn't shut it down, but they'd answer questions that they're being asked. And God, they may just say thank you, and, and that's the end of it. But we know, God, you'll be doing a work in their hearts. And we pray, God, your will be done. Your will be done. We pray this in Jesus' name. The last part of that verse uh, in 15 says, "As beautiful are the feet of mess- how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. And what that means is people are happy to see you. And when you bring the good news, and they're going to be as excited as they'll be to get this whoopie pie from you, they're going to be even more excited when they hear, when, when they've experienced the good news and when they've met Jesus. We're going to sing this song together. And uh, it's the kind of the big thing is so will I. And they'll, they'll be singing some stuff, and, and, but the big thing is, so will I. As you did this, as you laid down your life, Jesus, so will I. As you care about people who are far from you, so will I. And I want us to sing this together right now, uh, and, and I'll come back up after we sing it, but, but to sing it as a, as, a comp, as a commitment to God. God, I am yours. I made a decision to follow you, and I am going to follow you, and I am going to serve you. And I'm not embarrassed of you. And, and I love you so much. And I want to share that with people. Give me opportunities to share that with people. And so if you, if this morning, you just want to make a decision to follow Jesus, um, man, we're so excited about that. And the envelope that's on your seat, there's a connection card in there. And you just write down your information and check the box and make a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, we just want to follow up with you by, by email. And just, and just help you to begin to take your next steps in following him and answer any questions you have. If you need prayer, please come forward. Everybody else, I'll see you out there in the lobby. Have a great day.